This is College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here at College Success Habits. Again, I am Jesse Mogul. I'm your host. And today, I have one of my favorite people on. Tom Rigsby is going to be joining us today. We're going to be discussing how to start setting yourself up with successful habit creation, what it is that you can be thinking about whenever it comes time to you know, having a vision, having goals, how you're prioritizing your time. I get that in college, there's so much to be thinking about that there's a lot that you're going to begin to habitualize in your head that you're not even going to realize that you're doing. And I believe, and I sincerely say this with a lot of intention for you to understand that I truly do believe this, having positive intentions when you set habits will set you up for success, not just in high school and in college, but throughout your entire life. I believe that if you notice the habits that you're setting, you can then decide if they're positive or negative in your life, and you can immediately make that adjustment based on whatever situation you find yourself in. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Hey, Jesse. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Tom, you know, just a little disclosure for the rest of the audience. You are my brother's father-in-law. So my nickname for you is B-Phil um, because when I try to explain to people how I know you beyond the fact that you're a peer in life coaching and you coach entrepreneurs and you coach people in general and in life, uh, there is definitely a strong relationship here. We talk every single week and it's just, I'm so thankful that you agreed to be on the show. Hey, it's my pleasure, and and just let me say that uh, that one hour ish a week that we spend talking—that's one of my favorite hours of the week, hands down, brother. I think it's because we have a very we're very like minded in so much of what we do. At, at the same time, we challenge each other's thinking, and in a in a way that's exact that's to me exactly the kind of positive intention that I'm wanting my listeners out there to gain that you can have a conversation with someone um, and, and agree with them, but have different ways of seeing things and learn from them. I mean, you have taught me so much. I can't wait till later on in the show when we go over P4F. When you introduced that into my life over Labor Day weekend, I believe it was, at the lake house, it literally changed the way I organized my days, my weeks, my months, and I got more accomplished in the fourth quarter of the year than I had gotten accomplished in the previous three. Well, good. That's awesome. I'm glad to, glad to know that. Hey, you know, one of the things that you were saying in the intro there, I just want to really reinforce. Um, and, and it's something that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago on my Instagram feed. The things that we do every day are building us toward mastery, right? The things that we do repeatedly lead to mastery. And if we are not intentional about the things that we are doing, we will find ourselves being masters of bad habits. So, you know, pay attention to the things that we do every day. Make sure that those are the things that get us where we want to go. That's the ticket to ride right there. I love the way you put that because it, it does reinforce what I've been saying. And really, I wish I'd have had this kind of knowledge when I was in school. You know, one of my favorite taglines for the show is, you know, I spent 12 years in college and I'm not a doctor. I've got one bachelor's degree to show for it. And for those out there thinking, why would I possibly want to listen to some kind of 
talk about successful college habit making who spent 12 years in school. Well, I can assure you, uh, you have to set up a lot of successful habits to stay in school that long because the university system wants you out. Um, but two, to get that far. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. But two, it was also that I learned so much from watching my peers, some who got out of school faster, some got out of school slower. I was able to see the bad habits I had. I just didn't put any effort into changing them. And if I'd have had some of these kind of conversations going on around me about positive, positive habit creation, I think I would have been able to look at what I was doing in a different light because I know what I was doing when I had to turn it on and be, become successful for that three or four days to get an assignment in or for those couple weeks to get the newspaper out, man, I was spot on. But as soon as I didn't have the confines of an immediate deadline, all of a sudden it became all willy-nilly and, you know, enter in booze and beer. Right. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and, and that, you know, as we get into uh, three of my tips that we talk about tonight, that's going to be one of the, the, uh, the things that we talk about is having that, the, those confines, right? The, the constraints of um, a schedule, a framework, a structure actually makes it easier to accomplish the outcome that you desire. I love that. You know, Tom, because you're the very first guest I'm having on the show, I just now came to my mind, I probably should have had you fill out a bio so I could have read it off so people know who the heck you are. <laughs> <laughs> guinea pig moment number one. So let's discuss a little bit about your background so people understand why I trust in your words so diligently as I do. Sure. Well, I am a, a, a business and lifestyle strategist. That's the way I like to describe what I do. But in reality, what that means is I take my 25 plus years of uh, business experience and help business owners, leaders, and high achieving individuals kind of put together a plan to achieve the life of their dreams. You know, very often we uh, slip into the habit of letting life happen to us. Mm -hmm. And if we are not intentional, we will get stuck in that trap. And so uh, I like to say that I help people stop letting life happen to them and begin creating the life of their dreams. And so that's the work that I do. It, it's, uh, I have a long and storied background. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't quite spend 12 years in college, but uh, I, I did my share there. And so now I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to help people create the life and lifestyle that they really want. I think when we did, because you and I talked a lot about college success habits before I even launched it, about where you could fit into the show. And when I started talking about intentional habit setting, it was just such a smooth transition for you to be the first guest because over the course of all the episodes that are going to be coming up, that's really what I want people to notice. Like we don't, we're not there with them. So we don't necessarily know what positive or negative habits they're creating. You know, for some people making sure that they always hang out with their friends on a Thursday night and drink copious amounts of booze might actually work for them. Who am I to say what we want people to be able to notice is what are these little micro habitings that they're doing? What are the major habits that they set up? Are they always studying on Sundays? Do they have a set time that they're, that they're meeting with a study group or having social hours? Like it's the intentionality of the habit setting that I think makes sure that it's positive. I think it reinforces it in the brain if it's going to be a positive or negative one because you intentionally set it. Well, so let me expand on, may I expand on that just a little bit? Absolutely. So a habit in and of itself is neither positive nor negative. 
the, the, the positive or negative attributes are assigned by our mind and how we interpret that habit. Uh, a habit, um, met metabolic, not metabolically, physiologically speaking, a habit is a hardwired path between neurons in our brain. And our brain kind of falls back on that as a default path when it receives a certain stimulus, right? So you hit your thumb with the hammer, your immediate response is drop the hammer and squeeze your thumb, right? That's a, that's a stimulus and response. And that's something that's hardwired in our brain. Now, you know, jumping out of, choosing to jump out of a perfectly fine aircraft, right? That could be interpreted as crazy or it could be interpreted as all in a day's work. It's still the same act. The only difference is who's doing it and what their role is and, and that sort of thing. So the habit in and of itself is not bad, but how we use it and toward what outcome is the meaning that we assign to the habit with our mind. That's what we really have to be cognizant of and choose the habits that move us in the right direction. I love the way you put that, Tom, because in the future, when I start going over morning routines and afternoon and, and nighttime routines, let's just take the morning routine because that's the one everyone's got one of those. Whether yeah. you get up, you go to the bathroom, it's like the three S's, right? You know, when you use the bathroom, they brush their teeth, they shower, they shave like that for at least guys, uh, you know, maybe women uh, shave legs every day. Um, we have that routine. It's hardwired into us. I mean, even going to bed, I remember as a kid, it was, you know, brushing the teeth and putting on the pajamas. There was this ritual we went through that got us mentally prepared to go to sleep, to go to bed. And the brain, after a while, it catches on to that. It's like, oh, brushing teeth, here come the pajamas. Your brain starts to turn, let's just say it's like lights in a house. house. Right. It starts to turn certain things off right. in order for you to be ready for bed, just like in the morning, waking up, brushing your teeth, getting a cup of coffee, having a bagel for breakfast, starts to turn all the lights back on and say, here we go, let's prep for the day. Well, it's almost like... Um you know, if you've ever been uh, really tired or uh, otherwise mentally impaired in some way and you wake up at home and you're like, I don't really remember coming home, right? And, and I've, you know, I've done that. I've done my fair share of that. And I'm like, and then you get up and you go out and look and see if your car's outside and if there's any damage to it, right? How did how are how are we able to do that as human beings? How are we able to do that? It's because that pathway to get from point A to point B is is literally hardwired into our brain, and it becomes very difficult once that that neuron uh, neural pathway is established. It becomes very difficult to break it. Now, you know, want to jump too far ahead and start talking about how to rewire habits and whatnot, but because tonight on, on this particular installment, I really want, I want to be able to focus on the intentionality of how we set habits. Uh, but there's, there's definitely, if that habit is there, it has, uh, it has the default first place in line when it comes to responding to a trigger. Now, we can reprogram that, we can change that, but we, we have to be very intentional about it. And, and that's really where you know, kind of the three things that I wanted to get into tonight come into play. 
Well, that's a great segue. So let's move toward that because there's so much on intentionality and you're going to be one of my recurring guests and we're going to cover a lot more in the future. But let's discuss your your three keys as we were discussing before we went live on air. Uh, what are the three main topics you'd like to cover today? Well, the, the first one, uh, I'll hit all three of them and then I'll come back and unpack the first one a little bit if that's okay. That Absolutely. Yes. So the, the first one is vision and goals. The second one is being the ability to prioritize. And the third one is the ability to be relentless in saying no. Now, all these kind of build upon one another. So let me skip back to vision and goals. You know, it's important to, we, we've probably heard before, what, you know, guidance counselor, teachers, parents, you know, you got to have goals. You got to set some goals in your life. You got to be working towards something. The problem with that, it's, it's great advice, but it's incomplete, right? The reason it's incomplete is because goals themselves are finite. Your goal is to win the game. Your goal is to get an A. Your goal is to um, go out on a date with this person, right? And then once that goal is achieved, the goal's over, mm-hmm. right? It, so it, its existence is finite. The, now, this... Uh, kind of relies on some game theory for this to make sense. But this is why we need a vision. And I think that's the part that's incomplete that we don't get encouraged to pursue is defining and understanding that vision because vision, the pursuit of our vision is an infinite game. Now the difference between an infinite game and a finite game is that, you know, baseball is a finite game. And, the, the, the rules are well understood, the players are well understood, have the scoring, all of, you know, the, the equipment, all of that's well understood. And the purpose of the game is to win the game. An infinite game, or in this case, defining your vision, the, the purpose of the infinite game is to perpetuate the game, to keep it going for as long as possible, right? It's like Monopoly, right? You just play it as long as you possibly can. So your vision might be to be a successful graphic designer or a successful doctor or to be, um, you know, something almost intangible, almost unattainable, right? That's your long-term vision. And then the goals support that vision. And the reason that this is important, the reason I say you have to have vision is because if we don't, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're early in the year as we're recording this. And, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we had New Year's Eve and the vast majority of people will get to like 10, 30, 11 o'clock on New Year's Eve and go, oh man, I need a resolution for next year. Well, I mean, nobody really thinks that's the best way to improve your life, right? Right. I mean, because this year's over, it's finite, it's ending. So I need something new for next year. If you have a vision, something that perpetuates the game that keeps you playing longer, that vision, your goal should be aiming you toward that vision. So as I set a goal of being a, a, a sought after, uh, one of my long-term visions, be a sought after speaker, right? So are the decisions that I'm making, are the goals that I'm setting for this year setting me up to be a sought after speaker? Right. Or am I just, you know, put speaker on my business card and hope at some point somebody calls me up to speak on stage. So that's the, that's the, 
the complete answer. Yes, you need goals, but they also need to serve a long-term vision. I once learned that some things we call goals are actually just tasks that are fulfilling a bigger goal. And so since we're talking to students and this could be of any age, look at it like if if your vision of your life is to retire at 70 years old with a big boat and you know that the job you want is to be a doctor then you know that your your vision's big boat retired 70 years old. Then you go to college and say, well, then in order to fulfill that vision, and I want to do it by being a doctor, that your goal is to graduate with a 4.0 in college, magnum cum laude, with a bunch of cool tassels on your, on your gown. And then each semester, your goal would be, some people would say, well, my goal is to get A's on all these in all these tests for this one particular class, I'd say if your goal is to get an A on the, in the entire class for the semester, each time a test comes, each time there's an assignment, it's, yes, it's a goal to get an A, but if you switch the thinking and, the, and even the words in your head and say, it is my task. If my task is to go change the light bulb, I'm either going to change the light bulb or I'm not. If your task is to get an A, on the paper or on the, the test, then that's it. You set that up and I will get an A or then you didn't complete it the way that you wanted. And again, no failure, only feedback. What could you have done better and then attack it the next time? So I love where you're going with the vision because when people think of school, there's so many tiny little events that happen that build this entire four, eight or 12 years that you might spend in school <laughs> if, you're, if you're me. And It can seem really huge, but it's really not if you do what you're saying and task things out and goal things out and and maintain the vision. Is this getting me to become a doctor? If you want to be a graphic designer and you get offered an opportunity to design for a company your sophomore year as an internship, then that helps you fulfill that idea of becoming a designer when you graduate. But if you get offered a job as a restaurant manager, that's not offering you the opportunity to fulfill that, that vision of you becoming a graphic designer. So it's really seeing, are these things that are coming into my life helping me achieve that vision? Absolutely. And, and let, me, let me add one more thing to that before we move on to prioritization. It can be, you know, especially at any point in our life, but especially as we are young, it can be difficult to have a good view of what the road looks like five, 10, 15 years down the road. The analogy that I like to use, and, and you know, I know you're in California, this is the other end of the state for you, but uh, there's a road that cuts over from, uh, from Interstate 5 over to Pacific Coast Highway, and it cuts through at Half Moon Bay, California. And I remember that because I was making that drive one time, going north, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to cut over and just drive up PCH. I, you know, it's, I've got plenty of time. It'll, it'll be a nice drive. I'll, I'll do that. And as I'm taking this road, cutting across over, going through Half Moon Bay, there's a spot where the road ahead falls off. And it looks like if I drive 100 more yards, I'm going to drive off into the ocean. Now, I didn't really think that that was going to happen, but that was all I could see. And my my point of view, my ability to see the future beyond the next hundred yards didn't come into clear view until I made it a little further down the road. There are things in our life that are going to happen that change our point of view. And when our point of view changes, we have to check our vision and make sure that we're still heading in the right direction. You know, I would go, you mentioned, 
you know, work until you're 60 or 70 and then retire. But, but even then that's, that's not all. Exactly. When, when you retire, then what? Because unless you're dead, I mean, the only finish line we can't avoid is death. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so, and we're all going to cross it at some point. So the, the goal is to make life as interesting and vibrant as possible between here and that finish line. And as we move forward on that journey, our point of view, our perspective is going to change. Yes, we need to be working on a vision as a long-term objective for us to reach, but don't hold to it so dogmatically that you can't adjust when new opportunities and new venues become available for you. You, you crushed it with that, with that comeback right there because what a great addition to what I had said. It's really viewpoint you know i i remember at 18 it's like at, i think what is it is it in europe yeah i do know some people who are czech and they say that in uh, primary school like sometime in the between third grade and about seventh grade you have to decide what you're going to do for the rest of your life mm-hmm. and then that's it and a lot of times it's based off your social class your financial class or whatever grade you're getting then and that's it if at that time you decided you wanted to be a garbage man you were locked in as garbage man forever and it's like even at 18 and 25, I knew I wanted to be a journalist of some sort, but I mean, I've gone through so much and crazy enough. I, even when I think I'm off the path, especially when I was a drinker, turns out I'd come back around and think about it a few years later. And I was on the very similar path. The vision was still there. And so at 18, 25, 30, whenever this finds people in school to realize that what you necessarily your viewpoints on life now, what you really want out of it and what you're hoping to achieve can change. But if that vision of dying happy with a great family and on a boat when you're 80 and that's how you want to be put into a coffin, that's still there. But the the road will wind. So I, I know I said a minute ago, let me add one more thing. So this is going to be one point a, I'll do that from time to time. You know, I believe, you've heard me say this many times, but I I believe that we are each uniquely gifted, talented, and placed to do work that matters. And work that matters, you know, has some additional definition to it. But But the point being is that we are gifted and talented to do certain things. And so when we say, you know, I want to have a vision of success. I want to figure out what success means to me. I want to follow my passion. You know, all of those things really mean doing those things you're uniquely gifted and talented to do. When you are working in your gifts and leveraging your talents, the work that you do will seem easy and you will be performing your art. You'll be doing art just like Michelangelo and, and, and anybody else who ever made anything beautiful. The work that you do can be beautiful and artistic if you're working in your gifts and talents. So it's not like we have to make up some fabulous vision I personally believe we're born with that vision already encoded in our brain. And just like you described, you keep being pulled back to journalism, right? That's, that's that wiring in your brain pulling you back to the things that you are gifted and talented to do, because that's what the world needs from you are, is that art, those skills, that contribution. 
you know, when you say that, you know, then there's, I love it, first of all, that it got me super charged. And I think, well, okay, say there's someone in college, there's someone in school saying, well, I want to be an accountant. How is that an art that I'm bringing to the world and people need my gifts? Well, people need their money managed and people need numbers counted. And I know I'm great with numbers in my head, but I'm not so great with algebra. But there are people who are just phenomenal at either algebra or just basic math that, other people are not. I've got a lot of friends in yoga who are into yoga instructing and th creative fields who are great at that, but couldn't balance their checkbook to save their life. So I truly do believe you are spot on. No matter what it is that you're great at, my mom used to say this, if you are the best at something, you can make a million dollars a year. Be the best garbage man, one day you'll own a garbage company. Yes. Be the best accountant, one day you'll own a firm. So for everybody out there, it does not matter what you're studying. It is, if this is what you're passionate about and it just naturally comes easy to you, then figure out how to monetize that for the world. And like when somebody, what, what does somebody, some people say that um, if you do what you love for a living, it'll never seem like work. I know people who are photographers, I can promise you, it seems like work when they got to get up at four in the morning to go to a photo shoot, but they would much rather be doing that than painting houses or sitting in a cubicle. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. You know, you, when it comes to people who are creative, uh, like many of us are prioritization of their time and how they're going to be able to do that is college is, makes it easier. It's, this is how much you've got to read and here comes your testing time. But one of the a saying that I've, I stopped using a while ago is I don't have time for that anymore. That now it's, I, I, I'm not willing to prioritize that over things I've already prioritized. So segueing into your key two, let's discuss prioritization because you are really amazing at teaching this to people. Well, no pressure then. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I have a, uh, I actually have a coffee mug that says people who can focus, get things done. People who prioritize, get the right things done. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe that there is no shortage of the ability to get things done. You know, you were talking about accountants and, and do they really do art or not? You know, you take some, at least some kids that I knew when I was in college, they could be pretty creative in figuring out how to pass a class or not have to go to class or, you know, the, the things that you apply your, your capacity to are what's important and that's what's going to yield results. You know, you know, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins. One of the things that he says is where focus goes, energy flows. The more you focus on something and think about it, the more that result is going to come your way, whether it's good or bad. If, if you think you're going to, you know, uh, race car drivers, NASCAR drivers, uh, they're taught to never look at the wall as they're going, you know, 200 miles an hour, because if you look at the wall, you're going to wind up in the wall. Right. Right. And, and it's interesting because that, again, we're talking about, you know, habits and how they're hardwired in the brain. This is another part of your brain called the reticular activating system that when you say to your mind, hey, it's important, that wall is important to me, right? Then your mind is going to take every opportunity to push you closer to the wall. Right? So a great example, I was talking with my friend Tim about this um, uh, the other day. And I said, you know, when you were driving over here from, from your house, you stopped at a couple of traffic lights, right? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, were there other cars at the intersection? And he said, yeah, sure. And I was like, what color were they? And he said, well, I don't know. 
And I said, were there any other realtors at the intersection? And he said, yeah, I saw one at this intersection. I said, well, what? So you can't remember what color the cars were, but you can remember that you saw a realtor. Why is that? And he said, because I'm a realtor. I'm like, that's right. So being a realtor, so your brain, he's a realtor. So to, his brain is looking for other realtors uh, for sale by owner signs, you know, stuff like that he's getting all this other input like the colors and makes and models and years of the car. But the brain looks at that and says, Nope, not important and tosses it out. Okay. So that's the reticular activating part a reticular activating system, part of your brain that's at work when that happens. So when you say, Oh my gosh, I hope I don't fail this test. Oh my gosh, I hope I don't fail this test. You create what psychologists call a self-fulfilling prophecy right? The more you focus on it, the more likely it is that you're going to get it because you're telling your brain, this is important. And it tries to help you out by focusing on it. So when we prioritize, we need to prioritize on the positive outcomes. And those positive outcomes, this is why I wanted to talk about vision and goals first. It's because that's where those positive outcomes come from. So then we're able to say, okay, I've got all of this stuff I need to do. I might have 500 things on my to-do list. Right? But the reality is, I can't get 500 things done. But I, if I look at that list in its totality, I'll become, um, I'll, I'll, it will be too big for me. And I just, I, okay, I can't do any of that. I'll become paralyzed by the size and scope of what I have to do. So the system that I teach people, you made a reference to it earlier, uh, the, the shortcut for it is P4F but it stands for one priority and four focus areas. And the great part about this system is it scales to any time period, right? I mean, we're early in the year. I've That's the this. best part about it. Yeah. Well, I, we're early in the year right now. I applied this when I was doing my strategic planning for the year, right? I, I tend to not plan months. I plan quarters instead. So I can, it applies at a quarter, it applies for a week, it applies for a day, it applies for the morning or the afternoon, right? But, but here's the secret, and this is what makes it work, I think. And, and you've used it for a couple of months now, so I'd be interested to hear your feedback on this too. But P4F gets you down to five things. I can't handle 500 things, but I can handle five things. Yep, yep. And then once I get it down to five things, I want you to choose that one thing, right? Apply the 80-20 rule. It says 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. Well, when you have the list down to five things, 20% is represented by one item, right? So what's the one item out of these, out of these five that's going to create the greatest impact, right? Now, that for most people is the hardest part is saying this one thing is more important than anything else. Right. So there's a structure to how you get there. But once you have that one thing, that becomes your priority for the day. And, and when, when a task is a priority, the way I grade that is if you get your priority item done and nothing else today, today is a win. And if you get all 499 other things done today and you don't get your priority done, today's a loss. Now, the great thing is we have tomorrow. But um, by prioritizing in that way, it makes it gives us a mechanism to keep the important things up front. And if we keep doing that, and we keep doing that, and we keep doing that, 
that list of 500 is going to shrink to a list of, you know, a much more manageable size. Well, for the listeners out there, just so you guys got all that in a quick review, it's think of it in the terms of your schooling. You know, very rarely are you going to have the, a test on the same day, right? Let's just go with the idea that you have them spaced out at least well enough. It's like lowest hanging fruit kind of mentality. It's like if you've got a study for a history test that's on Wednesday, that should be the priority Monday and Tuesday. Whereas if you've got a test again on Friday on math, then it can be a focus. So it gets 30 minutes or an hour of your day, but two hours of the studying needs to be prioritized to the test on Wednesday. If you've got a project, and this is what I do with my clients, I reverse engineer them. If you're trying to produce a 10-page newsletter, then how many chapters or how many sections? Four. Okay, great. Now, which one do you want to get done first? Perfect. Now that's your priority. What do you want the section to be made up? These three things. Great. Now let's each day gets its own priority for which part of that newsletter you're trying to do. And for those of y'all out there who's like, it can't really be that simple. There's an entire, there's an entire book section on time management. There's, there's people with YouTube channels just on time management. Don't, waste any more of your time on that stuff tomrigsby.com forward slash p4f and you can see a cool little doodle he made of it this is it guys it really is that simple take one thing that if if you and this is the best way you told it to me tom when you introduced this to me over on labor day if you're laying in bed and it's 11 p.m and you're exhausted and all of a sudden you remember something you have to do and that shoots you out of bed like your house is on fire and you will not stop until that's done that's your priority guys now just have it planned out the day before so when you wake up at 7 a.m for your day or noon if you've slept in that's the thing if you were to remember it at 11 p.m and all of a sudden it became i have to complete that come hell or high water make that the priority of your day and literally and the best part about it and i want you to jump in here is it's the wins you get in your head if you create a list of 10 things to do and you don't prioritize that list and then at the end of it there's still four things that are on there you don't get to go to bed with that little victory salute in your head instead you get to go to bed thinking God, i've only got 60 percent of the list done i'm such a loser or whatever negative self-talk you use is mm-hmm. you with this system you're going to bed a champion night after night after night and that positive vibration rolling through you sets you up for success day after day after day until you've just got so many days of success lined up. You don't even know what failure looks like anymore. Right. You know, I didn't intend on this to be a talk about brain chemistry, but it's kind of turned into that. You know, one of the things that we don't do well enough is celebrate those little wins, right? We look for getting an A for the course and, and, and celebrating that right? And, you know, ice cream, beer, whatever, right? We, we have a, a big party, a big celebration when we win or when we win, when we, when we get an A for the class. But you really should be celebrating that those five points you got for the notebook or the 10 points you got for the quiz, mm-hmm. right? Because when we achieve a goal, when we set a, a priority item on our five item to-do list, when we set that as a priority or one of the focus items and we're able to cross that off, our brain releases a little drop of dopamine. And that dopamine is the reward drug, right? And that's, that's telling your brain, this was good, do more of this, right? So, I mean, and, and I use this question, <coughs> question a lot, you know, have you ever been writing out a to-do list and you wrote something on the list 
that you'd already finished. Heck yeah, wake up. It's the first thing on my to-do list every single morning <laughs> when I used to do it the old way. Why didn't I think of that? Wake up was always the first thing on my to-do list. And oh. I woke up, I rolled over, and boom, I've already got something done. And, and we do that. I mean, it sounds silly, right? But we do that so that we get that little drop of dopamine when we cross that off the list. Okay? So don't underestimate the value of celebrating these victories, right? Even, I, you know, I put a lot of emphasis on, on the priority item for the day, but, you know, if you get the other four done, that's four things that you crossed off of your list. I mean, I'm, I'm 80% of the way there. Celebrate those victories. Yes. Right? But the way that you continually make positive forward progress, which leads to momentum, right, is being able I mean, this is what separates um, achievers, high achievers from, from the average mediocre um, masses, right? Is the ability to make tough choices. And it's a tough choice sometimes finding out what that one priority item for Wednesday is. But if you can define that and pursue that and achieve that on a regular recurring basis, Holy crap, how much further are you going to be ahead of your contemporaries because they're just kind of letting life happen to them. Yeah, in all of this, you and I are such huge sports fans and most people can relate to sports and those who can't, you all love television or movies. So look at it this way, that when a team goes to have a play, right, you know, everyone has their focus. They each have, if there's 11 football players, they have a, there's another player. They are all their focus. The priority for that play is to not let that team get a first down or not get a part of the positive yard gain. If nine of the people get their focus done, but two don't, and it turns into a touchdown, that's a bad play. And then right. when I, what in this one, or, you know, if you're going to go and look at it from the acting standpoint, if all of the extras and all of the crew do, everybody does everything right. They're on top of their focus, but the one actor flubs his line, that take was not a success. And so as much as I don't want people to think, well, you know, you don't want to have a failure. The idea of the prioritization and the focuses is, is that you know exactly what the outcome is that will know, that will give you the idea that that priority was a win. And that's the beauty of your system is that, you know, if you get this done, then the outcome of that day, or you, you can break down P4F into a class, show up on, show up on times of focus, have your notebook ready to go with and, ha and have your, and have your phone recording the professor, make sure that you get all the notes. right. But if your priority for that is to is to stay focused and listen intently and be an active member in the class and not dozing off. If you get those little focuses done throughout the class, at the end of the class, your priority will be accomplished. So well, I really me, want people to see it. Like there's so many ways to break this P4F down. Yeah. Let me, let me give you one more great example of how, how you can accomplish a lot and still fail or, or not get the result that you're looking for. I don't like the word fail. Let's say you're a graphic designer and, and, and I do this a lot. I'll give someone a concept, a project, a program that I'm working on and say, I need, I need a logo. I need a color scheme, a lookbook for it. Um, the only thing I want to do, the only constraint I want to put on you is, is, you know, I'm me personally, big Alabama fan. So I want it to be Alabama colors. And I say, okay, now if you go off and you can create the most innovative novel, 
hot to trot, best looking logo ever, right? You go through the other four steps, you get, you know, it's got balance, it's got symmetry, it's got this, it's got that, and it's orange and blue. <laughs> it's not going to be a winner. It's going to be a fail. <laughs> I think I, whether you guys are noticing it or not, there's a Florida Gator, Alabama Crimson Tide thing going on over here. And uh, it's, and that's one of the reasons I brought up the football analogy earlier is because I was picturing so many of the plays that Alabama did in that game. And it's like there, some of the players were completely focused and locked on and other players weren't. And it was, it's one wasn't <laughs> right. One wasn't, it's those little things guy. And that and it, guys, and that's really just great when we start to talk about that relentless pursuit and, and mm -hmm. constantly pushing forward. And this is your last, key because everything is really built up to this and I hope you guys are feeling this momentum because if you are following this and you actually integrate this into your lives whether it's you know not just weather but take the vision and the goals combine those with tasks to, to continue moving forward and then learn how to do the prioritization and the focus to achieve the task that gets you to the goals that achieve you the vision that relentless pursuit is exactly the kind of attitude you need to have as the undercurrent there. Right. And, and so the last point is, is kind of counterintuitive, actually. I, I, I get some pushback on this sometimes. But, you know, we, we believe that we're being helpful when we say yes. Right. Or, or we believe that to allow as many possibilities as possible is the greatest possible scheme. I but forgot it was a relentless pursuit of no. That's what, it's, that's what my notes said. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm saying this right. But now continue, continue. Cause I have a whole show coming up about how, how saying no, it, especially in college, when you feel like you need a resume stack is one of the most important things you will do for your success in college. Right. So, you, you know, we, we believe that by saying yes to everything that puts us in a better position. The reality is, that, you know, I used this, uh, this saying the other day, you know, I'm a, a jack of all trades, master of none, mm -hmm. right? When, when you try to do too many things, you don't excel at any of them. So the reality is if we will just say no, that puts us in a much better position to achieve our outcome. And, and a lot of people, look, I get it. Man, a lot of people are afraid of saying no, and the reality is this is the, the, the really intriguing part to me. Most of the time, people say no because of FOMO. You ever heard of FOMO, Jesse? Oh, fear of missing out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I, I think there was a, there was an Olympic star. Was that Rolo? I don't know. It was some, there was some Olympic star that was talking about you only, Oh, YOLO. You only live oh, once. Yeah. You only live once. Oh. But that's it. You only live once has this mentality of now you have the fear of missing out. So you right. constantly say yes to every party. You say yes to every social right. engagement. You say yes to every club that wants you on board. And now opportunity costs to be involved in other things or now you're stretched too thin. So nothing's getting 100% of your love. And again, right. I am a jack of all trades and a master of none. So speaking, you know, don't, don't do as I say, not as I do, guys. Preaching to the choir, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you, you know, a, a lot of people, and, and you'll see this, all the time when when you move from college you move into the business world you get a job people are are terrified 
to not accept meeting invitations, right? Some, somebody will send them a meeting and we're going to have a meeting about the project. We need you to be there. Okay. Well, when I learned to start saying, for a long time, I had a rule set up in Outlook, right? Any meeting invitation I got, accept it, right? Because it was almost like this, this badge of honor that I was busy all the time. Mm-hmm. But the reality was I was so busy going to meetings, I wasn't getting anything done. And when you start saying no, your time instantly becomes more valuable. Well, let me explain that just a little bit. If, if somebody wants you to help them study for a test, right? And you say, well, I, you know, I'd love to, but I'm, I'm already committed and I can't do it at that time. Your time becomes more valuable, so now they begin adjusting their calendar, right? If I said, hey, can you come over tonight and help me study? No, I can't. Okay, well, when can you? Right there. Now I'm adjusting my calendar to your schedule. And the reason that that's important is because every time you say yes to someone else's priority, by definition, you are saying no to one of yours. That's the point I really want my listeners to hear. If you're saying yes to somebody else's priority, you're saying no to one of your own. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, we want, we want to help people. And I, and I, don't, I don't want to set this conversation up. I don't want you to, to leave this conversation saying, that, believing that I think you should only act out of selfish ambition. But you do need to look out for yourself. That's why you, we've talked about you creating your vision, setting goals from that, prioritizing those goals. Now you need to relentlessly say no. And while we've been applying this to other people's requests or demands of your time, it's not just that. The TV can be calling you. Call of Duty or whatever the, the current game is can be calling you. Whatever the current social app is on your phone can be calling you. And you have to be able, you know, I, I, I said a, little, a few minutes ago, what separates high achievers from the mediocre masses is the ability to make tough decisions. It, it's a lot of fun. I know it. You know it, Jesse. It's a lot of fun to go to, go out with your friends. Oh, yeah. That, you know, unless one of your friends is the professor, though, that's not going to get you the grades. And that's not going to get you out of school. That's not going to set you up for success if you're already working, right? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun to take a three-hour lunch, but you're only going to do that for a couple of days until they tell you, you know what, don't bother coming back after lunch. <laughs> right? So you have to make those hard, those hard choices and you have to be able to say no to the things that are not moving you toward your vision. Now, can you have fun every once in a while? Sure, right? I'm not saying be a stick in the mud. What I'm saying is maintain your focus, maintain your view toward the, the priorities that are going to get you to your goals and then relentlessly cut away the things that don't. And what you'll find is that as you begin to cut these things away, instead of trying to get to every party on New Year's Eve, I pick one and that's the one that I go to and I have a fabulous time at that party. Instead of being all stressed out trying to get to 20 of them and, and 19 of my friends being pissed off because I wasn't at their party at midnight. 
Oh yeah. I think in college, there's this need to, to party hop, to be there, to be everywhere. You don't want to hear the story the next day that, Oh my gosh, did you hear what this person did? I can't believe you missed that. And it's like, yeah, you, this, I think what I took from that too, was that for me, like, okay, in my work week, since you introduced P4F to me, if I know that on Saturday, I want to go and watch the football game with my friends or go to the zoo or do something cool, then there's things that I do throughout the week so that whenever that moment comes for me to relax, it's, some people say, well, that doesn't sound very spontaneous. I spontaneously plan to be relaxed or I plan to be spontaneously relaxed if you were. And it's that I have to get these things done. So when that moment arrives, I've earned it. And well, for me in college, I didn't do a whole lot of that, Tom. I did a lot of drinking and a whole lot of not studying. And I, it's like, I didn't. So then when I did get the A on the test and everyone's like, let's go celebrate. I'm like, well, I, I sort of already been celebrating before I even took the test. So, that, so I'm just going to go ahead and go back. I should go take a nap now. You, you know, there's a, there's a great book uh, by a fellow named Jocko Willick. And the book is named Extreme Ownership. But one of the things that Jocko says in the book is, and again, this seems counterintuitive, right? But discipline equals freedom, right? And that's exactly what you're talking about there, Jesse. If, if I can be disciplined throughout the week to get the work done that needs to be done, then I can have the freedom to enjoy myself on the weekend. And if I want my weekend to be Wednesday and Thursday instead of Saturday and Sunday, great. Set up the rest of your week to make that a reality, you know? But it's the discipline on the days that you're working that yields the freedom on the days that you're not. I remember those kids in college. And again, I stayed in there for 12 years. I saw a lot of different kids who would just be so studious the whole week. And then the weekend would arrive and all of a sudden they cut loose and be fancy free. And you're like, ah, I wish this person was around the whole time. Now, looking at it in 2020 hindsight, I see that the discipline they had Monday through Friday, or again, whatever their work week was, it was, I mean, we're life coaches. I, to me, there is no Friday night. Every night can be Friday, Friday night, night if I want it to be. I don't have to do anything the next morning unless I choose to do it. And then in college, you have a lot of that kind of freedom where you might be working Friday and Saturday nights at the restaurant. So for you, Tuesday and Wednesday nights are your fun nights because you don't have classes till 3 p.m. So it's, but it's like getting your work done, saying no to that party, saying no to the social interactions is what allows you to get the things done you need to get done that you've prioritized so that ultimately you deserve that relaxing time. And I think that there are so many college kids are, I think people in general in life are going to be able to take value from this episode specifically for all three areas you've just covered. Good. Well, I hope so. And that, you know, that, that's my intent. And as I said, you know, in the, in the introduction, the setup, my goal is to help high achieving individuals get the life of their dreams. This is, and, and, and I've, I've told you this many times, I, I do podcasts, interviews, have my own radio show. I share this stuff freely with everybody. This is the same thing I work through with my clients, high paying clients that sit down with me to, to put together a plan for their life. This is where we begin. This is where we start with this, these, these three topics right here. So, you know, if you'll do these things, you'll create the mindset and you will set yourself up to be successful no matter which way you go, graphic designer, plumber, garbage man, whatever you decide to do. And hopefully you'll be able to achieve that in less than 12 years. 
<laughs> hey, don't dog it, man. Ultimately, I got Tim Tebow bringing me multiple national championships while I was at UF. So I, I feel like everything in college led me up to winning a national championship my senior year. And I really, guys, I want you to hear what he just said. And this is one of the, this is the action stuff. In the pilot, I promise you actionable steps. Taking what Tom has just brought up, you know, seeing your vision and understanding where you're trying to get to, setting up the, those goals and those micro tasks and those micro goals of things that get you to the A's, like seeing how those goals achieve you to that vision, being able to prioritize your time and knowing what's your one priority for the day, your one big priority for the week, for the month, for that semester, and then being able to understand what your focuses are. For a lot of you, positive successful habit creation implementation setting the intention to do what i just said should be a focus and then again the relentless pursuit of no knowing when it's good to say yes and when it's not because i did that that resume stacking thing in college and i remember one semester having like five different organizations and that i was supposed to be calling to and my, my grades took a hit my social life took a hit my drinking time took a hit and i never did it again and it, look you guys can think having 15 things on your resume matters if you have more than a one-page cv most people aren't going to care and after your first job no one's going to ask for any of that nonsense again they're not going to care what you did in school so if you're going to join an organization and you want to learn leadership skills or organizational skills or time management skills, set that out for the vision for why you joined that organization for that semester and make sure everything you say yes to within the confines of, of that group activity meets that vision. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. And, and I think that's, again, that's one of the differences with high achievers is they are able to say yes to the things that get them toward their long-term goals. Maybe those organizations you join one of those, one or more of those organizations, not for the resume stacking aspect of it, but to be introduced with people, to people with deep Rolodexes, right? I mean, whatever the outcome is that you're trying to create, make sure that the decisions that you are saying yes to are moving you toward that vision of success that you've written for yourself. Great, great way to end the show. Guys, I know I had mentioned that this show wouldn't go longer than 30 minutes. I know based on the timer I'm looking at, and I think I started it late, we're at 40, but that was just so great. We're going to have Tom back frequently because these are the kind of things he and I discuss on a regular basis. I'll put all of his social media stuff over at my Podbean show, show notes page. Of course, if you found me on iTunes or Stitcher, um, it'll be pulling from the Podbean as well. So you should be able to find all the links to his social media, to his P4F doodle over at Tom. TomRigsby.com. You'll be able to locate him there. Of course, make sure that you're following me on social media. Tom, is there anything you would like to say before I send us all off and, and the show ends? Man, I, I have had a blast doing this. I would love to come back if your audience would allow. Please, guys, go out there, rate and review and subscribe and, and tell me what you guys think about Tom and his ideas that he brought up. Remember why I said actionable steps? So here you go. Write down your vision. Make sure that your goals are reaching that vision. Start writing down P on a piece of paper with four Fs underneath it and prioritize your day with what is the number one priority that you need to accomplish to make that day a win and what are some focuses that you could also be checking out because there's a long day, right? And if, so, if a focus gets stale, then it needs to be prioritized and now can get it off your list. And again, the relentless pursuit of no, what are you going to start saying no to? And then watch how much more special the things you say yes to actually are in your life. 
I, it's, it's going to be insane. Guys, if you've enjoyed this, please head over to social media. Give us a heads up. I can't wait to have Tom back. Thank you so much, Tom. This has been a marvelously good time, just like I knew it would be. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Excellent. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that's it for College Success Habits. Remember, go over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, review, do it over at Stitcher or Spotify or Podbean or wherever you guys are listening to me at. Nothing makes me look better in front of other people who haven't found me yet's eyes than seeing that other people agree. And if you have something snarly you want to say, go ahead. It won't hurt me. There is no failure. There's only feedback. I want to know what you guys think about what you've heard today. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here at College Success Habits. I'm your host, Jesse Mogul. Until the next time, y'all take care now.